welcome to Sip Sip Hooray, a podcast for thirsty people who want to know more about wine and the interesting stories behind the label. We have a fun one for you today, all about one family's rich winemaking history. We are the two Marys who like to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm Mary Babbitt. And I'm Mary Orlin, and we have a, something a little different for you all today. First of all, Mary Babbitt and I are super excited that we are going to be taking part in the upcoming Santa Clara Valley Wine Auction. Um, Santa Clara Valley is a wine region near and dear to our hearts. Um, I actually lived in the Appalachian um, in the San Jose area, but I have been covering the wineries for many, many years. It's a very historical region. In fact, it's one of the most important winemaking regions in California and has added to California and America's wine story for more than 150 or so years. Yeah, um, we're proud of that. And, and uh, I still live in the Appalachian and I'm proud to be here. And we are super excited to be involved with the Santa Clara Valley Wine Auction. It's coming up March 25th, Saturday, March 25th. And we want you all, all of our listeners to know you can get tickets to this fun event. It's going to be held at Guglielmo Winery. That's right. And that is the oldest continuously operated family winery in the Santa Clara Valley has a fascinating history that you are going to really enjoy learning about. And Jean is going, Jean Guglielmo, um, third generation of the family is going to tell us all about. But um, so Mary and I are going to be hosting a VIP sommelier experience. Um, there's two ways you can participate being at the auction. There's um, the VIP tickets that allow you to get in an hour early at 5 p.m. Come meet us, come drink the beautiful Santa Clara Valley wines with us. And um, we'll, you know, answer all your questions about the wines and tell you the stories behind the label. And then general admission for the event, for the auction, and for all the fun starts at 6 o'clock and the evening goes through 9 p.m. And we will post all of that information and where you can get your tickets on our website, sipsipparaypodcast.com. But to um, find out a little bit more and to entice you to join us and everybody at Guillermo on March 25th, we've got Bob Lipscomb with us right now. He is the president of the Morgan Hill Community Foundation. So Bob, welcome to Sip Sip Hooray. We're excited to have you here. Yes, thank, thank you, Bob, for joining us. Oh, thank you both, Mary and Mary. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, we're really excited about the upcoming event. So thanks a million for inviting me. Absolutely. Will you tell our listeners what they're going to get at this event and why they shouldn't miss it? Yes, what they're going to get is some um, amazing wines from the Santa Clara Valley wine region. They're going to get tastes of, of uh, wonderfully put together foods uh, by local restaurants from the Morgan Hill area. And in addition, an auction of items that will benefit local nonprofits and charities. Um, and the auctions will be both silent auction. So there'll be things to look at and, and put silent bids on. And then there will be a live auction at the end of the event um, with, with other items to um, have some fun and, and excitement toward the end of the event. 
All in all, all the proceeds that are raised from the event will be used either to fund nonprofit projects or programs in the greater Morgan Hill area. And a number of nonprofits will be participating at the event by providing silent auction items. And in addition, um, the monies raised by the Morgan Hill Community Foundation uh, that, you know, above and beyond our cost for the event will be um, granted back to nonprofits in the local area using our annual grants process. So this is really a win-win. It's a great event. And ultimately, the benefits and proceeds from it will go back into the community and support nonprofit efforts to help people locally. Can you give us an example of some of those types of um, nonprofits? Yes, I can. Um, nonprofits such as Martha's Kitchen. And Martha's Kitchen will be mm. donating a um, uh, uh uh, an experience that they are going to be having later. Uh, but they are, Martha's Kitchen provides food throughout the, the area, um, not only in Morgan Hill, but throughout uh, uh, numerous areas. They oh, they're tremendous uh, all through San Jose. My son volunteers there <laughs> and they're wonderful day in and day out. They're providing meals for people. It's incredible. Yes, they are. So Martha's Kitchen will be participating and our grants process right now, we don't know specifically who the monies will go to because our process is that nonprofits apply for grants and then our, we use a community advisory team to review all the grant requests. And then ultimately we grant back to nonprofits based on the review of the advisory team and recommendations. So ultimately it will impact and, and benefit many nonprofits across the region. Great. And you're partnering with Guillermo Winery. Um, Jean, can you set the scene for us and what people who are going to be coming to the event will see and experience at your winery? Well, we're totally excited about uh, hosting it here. Our family is very excited. And I think when once they arrive, they will get a feel for the fact that they are at a family winery. They are at a historical winery and the setting is just uh, perfect for this kind of venue. Uh, we have a large event area that's uh, surrounded by vineyard. So you'll get a chance to look out over the vineyards and uh, enjoy the great food supplied by local restaurants. And of course, the great wine supplied by our association, as well as other other wineries that are associate members. We've expanded the footprint of this uh, auction and event to cover the whole Santa Clara Valley Appalachian, which is very dear to our hearts. So, you know, I'll get you more history on that later on in the broadcast, but we're excited. And I think it's going to be a great event. And we're working with a, a great foundation in the Morgan Hill Community yeah. Foundation and a lot of great charities will benefit from it. So well, like Bob said, it is a win-win situation for all. I sure. love it. I'm excited to do it. And I, I think people, it's kind of fun. If you have any interesting auction lots, you may not have them all sewn up yet. So don't worry if you don't, but if uh, Bob, if there's anything enticing you have that you know for sure is going to be in the auction, could you tell us? Well, I, I, I know that, and it's still coming in. Um, mm -hmm. 
Uh, we're we're a month away, um, but right now I know that there's some pretty cool stuff. Uh, not only uh, ranging from the silent auction items, we have a lot of gift basket items from local spas and experience related um, businesses. Of of course, many winery related um, uh, auction items. I do know that there are some larger items, uh, jewelry that has been donated. Uh, Sports memorabilia that has been donated, uh, wine experiences. So yeah, it's shaping up to be uh, really, really fun. Uh, for, for people that attend, they're not only going to have a great experience with the, the food, the wine, also interacting with people that are there um, from both the nonprofit organizations as well as business, as well as just individuals to, to enjoy themselves and uh, ultimately the auction experience, which we're hoping will be a, a blast. Well, I think it's a great way for people who have not experienced the Santa Clara Valley wineries to come learn about them and experience them, but also to get to know the region and to get to know Morgan Hill, where Guillermo is. And um, can you just tell us, Bob, you know, what makes Morgan Hill special? Oh, Morgan Hill is uh, is a gem. Um, you know, my family and I, we moved uh, our family nine times before we arrived at Morgan Hill <laughs> and decided that we were going to stay. And that was uh, 29 years ago. This is just uh, the the not only the community. When I talk about the Morgan Hill Community Foundation, it's a nonprofit organization that has been in place here for 20 years. And actually, Jean Guglielmo was one of the original founders of this organization. Hmm. Create a nonprofit that would support the community, that would help the people here locally with with uh, needs, and to to connect people who uh, want to donate with people who need the funds to support mm -hmm. people. So, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, but anyway, Morgan Hill is just, it's awesome. I mean, when you get here, you'll see, I mean, the foothills, the, the valley that we're in, the proximity to the coast, the, the, um, the, the multiple uh, sports uh, venues that are here, it, it's just awesome. It's a pretty special place. It's, it has a very small town, has a small town, homey community vibe. You're in the shadow of the Silicon Valley, but you're away, you are set apart from it. And you maintain because of that, just this um, surrounded by nature and surrounded by seemingly really good people. And our downtown, I can't speak highly enough about our downtown area. It is just, it's such a neat place to go and have dinner and just to walk through the town. It's, it's really uh, a very nice downtown. So Morgan Hill is, is our town. Uh, we love it. Um, that's why uh, I volunteer on this board. The board that I'm on is entirely volunteers. Um, we uh, give our time and our expertise in support of the community. And it's easy to do because, because we love this place. Well, tell folks how they can get tickets to the auction. And again, it's uh, Saturday, March 25th. Yeah, what I would do is refer them to the Morgan Hill Community Foundation website at morganhillcf.org. Um, and uh, there, go to the events section. And under events, you'll see the, um, the wine auction event. And uh, click on it, and, and you can move forward to tickets. Great. Well, 
Bob, Mary Babbitt, and I are so honored to be taking part in this and helping get the word out about the auction, about Santa Clara Valley and the wines here. Um, we've always been big fans, and it's um, we're so excited to get to share this with our listeners. And we really encourage you, especially if you haven't been to the region, come on down, come taste with me and Mary, come mm -hmm. have a laugh with us, a, a few sips with us, and, you know, come you know, and come and be generous too, because it's all for a good cause. Absolutely. We'd love to meet you. And I'm kind of excited that we get to be in the VIP area there. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, but, wow, we have to be fancy. <laughs> but you, our guests will be the real VIPs. So we can't yes. wait to meet you. And we hope you get tickets to the Santa Clara Valley Wine Auction. Can I just chime in for a yes. second? Yes. I just well, want to let Bob know, as well as your audience, that as far as a wine auction item, we are uh, donating a large format bottle, a six liter. It's a 2003 Santa Clara Valley, of course, Cabernet. Ooh, and nice. Wow. It's a special silkscreen bottle that we put together for the centennial of Morgan Hill, which took place in 2006. Okay. So wow. it's a limited edition we only did a hundred bottles Ooh. and i've got one of them here right next to me and that's what we're gonna donate so. oh terrific i love that how perfect yeah thank you yeah. very much gene yeah so again you know just pointing to the history of santa clara valley and you know it off we often get overshadowed by our neighbors to the north but um winemaking really started in santa clara valley before those other regions. And um, we have some names like Paul Masson started in Santa Clara Valley. So um, there's some really great history here. And of course, with the Guglielmos, which we'll really um, get into with Jean here in just a few minutes. So, but Bob, um, we thank you so much for taking time. We know you're super busy and you know, you've got this auction to help produce and we can't wait. And um, just thanks for joining us. I want to thank the two of you, not only for hosting this, uh, this podcast, but also for participating in our event and helping us um, to create the VIP experience, which, which we're thinking is just going to be really awesome uh, having you there as well as uh, Gene is probably going to talk about it later, but he's going to um, uh, conduct a little private tour of the barrel room. And um, so we're we're seeing the VIP experience as being something really special for guests. And we want to thank you for your help with that. I, I also want to add that um, that you asked how to get a hold of us, and I recommended our site. And that's one way, but there is also another way, and that is to go to uh, www.SantaClaraValleyWineAuction.org. And that's another entry point uh, for tickets as well. Terrific. And we will make sure we link all of this on our website. So people who aren't scribbling or don't have a pen in hand while listening will be able to find it. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you uh, on March 25th at the auction. Look forward Can't to it. Wait. We are too. Thanks again, Bob. All right. Bye-bye now. Okay, bye. Thanks, Bob. Bye, Jean. Bye-bye. All right, Jean, it's your turn. <laughs> Spotlight, spotlight's on I, you now. Am <laughs> I in <seat>. trouble? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So um, we, we've uh, mentioned it briefly, but um, you 
are part of a very historic family and winery in Santa Clara Valley. Can you kind of set the scene for us? And um, it really, um, you owe the family history, the winery's history to your grandfather, Emilio. So please tell us about that. Well, I think it's uh, kind of a traditional story story of immigrants who came here to contribute, to work hard, and to get ahead. We mm -hmm. migrated from uh, northern Italy and Piemonte region from a little area up in the base of the Alps and basically landed in New York. His goal was to uh, end up in San Francisco but he didn't have any money when he landed. All he had was ambition and willingness to work. So he worked his way across the United States and eventually did settle in San Francisco. So that's where his history here in California, uh, where he started to put down roots was in San Francisco. And where in Italy did he come from? Where was his family? It's uh, probably about 45 kilometers uh, west of Torino or Turin. Mm -hmm. Little uh, Val de Souza. It's right at the beautiful location. And obviously, there's vineyards close and all around that area make some fantastic wines. So that's northern Italy, up by the Alps, then? Is that north? Yeah, northwest uh, of Italy. So close then... to the, real close to the French border. So my grandparents spoke French as well as the Humanitas dialect. Oh. And uh, so actually, when his very first label that he used when he got into the wine business was Emile's. That's one of our three labels that we produce wine under. And uh, that's his name was Emilio. And my grandmother was Emilia. Mm. But uh, he used the French version of his name because I think he had more French customers. And uh, Probably a little more fashionable to be French in those days than Italian. <laughs> how that goes. Everybody had to take their turn in the barrel. So, right. But uh, so. that's, how, that's how he he started. And then eventually he sent for my grandmother because he came over by himself. He sent for my grandmother from that little village. And she came over and uh, settled with him in San Francisco. She worked side by side with uh, as he worked and saved money and did what they could mm -hmm. and uh, got married in San Francisco in 1910. It's an interesting story. It is. Well, and am I correct in understanding that they decided to launch the winery at the height of the Depression? Well, I think it's more prohibition. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> prohibition, of course. Thank you. That Thank was you. one of the things that... Uh, prompting him to get into the wine business because, you know, we were raised and he was raised that uh, wine was a food. Wine was uh, to be accompanied with, you know, with food. And it wasn't a beverage of intoxication. It was a food. So mm -hmm. uh, obviously there was a giant demand for wine, especially in the European culture. And, and so he was able to uh, supply that wine. So I, I tell everybody he was very religious and had a big family. So he made wine for uh, his family, which was legal, and for the church. Right. That so was the start. 
So, so how did he decide to go to to Morgan Hill in the Santa Clara Valley? Well, you got to realize Santa Clara Valley has such a, a ideal soil and weather to grow almost anything, but especially world-class uh, grapes. So this was the Valley of Heart's Delight. And uh, I think that's what got him to come down this direction. And uh, by the original ranch, which uh, is the house that I'm sitting in right now, and I was raised in, mm. but I call it our international headquarters now. So. <laughs> <laughs> And I had 15 acres of vineyard, a small barn, and a tank house. That's all that was here. So okay. he, uh, curiously, I'm, I'm sitting uh, above a, the original basement underneath, oh. which had no, no uh, entrance or exits from the outside. There's a trap door that's in the bedroom. So the original owner was making wine under his bed. Ooh during prohibition okay so, <laughs> the feds aren't gonna find that no yeah, then, in, then in 33 my grandfather dug out the full basement under the full house and rolled down casks and uh small tanks put small tanks up so they're still down there that okay. was in 33 so, oh that's great they're still there yep they're still oh, yeah. there yeah it's really it's really cool i mean i know that you know it's not open to the public but I had I was fortunate enough years ago to uh, get a private tour with a small group in in that cellar and it's it, you just you feel the history there it's mm -hmm. just and you have these big old redwood tanks that you know are so historic mm. that was his first storage area on site here and then through you know through time he expanded the vineyards and built more buildings my father came into the business after World War II so uh, my grandparents lived in San Francisco up till the uh, end of World War II because they were they came down here. They had people take care of their vineyard. They came down here, spent the summers, and made wine down here. But all the sales were up there. There was population of Morgan Hill, and even San Jose. It's not like it is today. So hmm. his customers were up north. So he would uh, carry the wine up north and sell it to the different restaurants, delis, and families. So by that point, was he, did he have it, was he bottling it? Because I think I read that originally the wine just went into jugs. Well, originally it was barrels. He so used to deliver sell... barrels to, uh, you know, to bars and restaurants oh. and liquor stores. And you brought your own jug, turned <laughs> the spigot and filled your jug up. So we like to say we've uh, we've gone from uh, barrels all the way through to bottles. So, mm -hmm. so the winery. So your great grandfather, uh, grandfather. I'm sorry, your grandfather Emilio bought the ranch in 1925. So we are right. in the middle of the um, prohibition era. Um, do you know if he was aware of the folks like um, so so? Um, Really, the Santa Clara Valley wine history started with the missionaries planting at the uh, Mission Santa Clara. I believe it was in 1798. But was he aware of that history? And also, in 1852, Charles Lefranc, a, a Frenchman, opened the new Almaden Winery in Santa Clara Valley, which really was the first commercial winery operation in California. That's right. And 
And um, that's where in um, the 1870s, Paul Masson came over from Burgundy and started working with Charles at New Amadan and eventually went on to open Paul Masson Champagne Cellars and that all that business. But um, so do you think, do you know if he have any sense if he was aware of all that? I'm sure he was. And, I'm, you know, you got to realize that it was a small industry. Even when I started, it was a small industry. My older brother, George, went to Fresno State to study, you know, viticulture and knowledge. And I went to University of Santa Clara. And my younger brother, Gary, went to uh, UN uh, Reno. And uh, when we graduated, George and I first came into the business, it was less than 200 wineries in California. Oh, wow. So you pretty much knew everybody and knew, you know, it, it was a different industry then. But it's all about the people. And it's a people industry. And blessed to have great people in the industry. And, and we try to uh, work together to make things better. And do you remember your, your grandfather, your grandparents? I was fortunate enough, yes, to be able to be around them because at one point we all lived in this house. My older brother and myself uh, lived here with my grandparents and my parents. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, I remember one story y'all told me was that you'd have family dinners, you know, so when you and your brothers were young, but dinner was often interrupted by customers coming and knocking on the door and your, your mother, your grandmother would get up and answer the door and, you know, sell them wine while y'all had dinner. <laughs> well, sometimes it came in and joined us for dinner. Oh, really? <laughs> ah. <laughs> but no, that's the way it was. Oh, wow. A lot to be grateful for as, as far as when I look back, we didn't know how good we had it. Mm. You know, mm. even though everybody had to work, but that was just part of the part of how you got fed. Mm -hmm. This was uh, this how we put bread on the table. You know, the industry's changed where a lot of people, it's uh, more of a write-off or an ego-building thing to have right. a winery, whereas right. puts bread on the table for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, did, you, so did you ever consider another path, or was it always going to be wine for you? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. You know, when you're young, you want to do your own thing. You don't mm -hmm. want to take over a family business because it looks like that that's the easy way to go. Mm -hmm. But after graduating, I took a trip to, to Europe and to Italy and went to the small village that my grandfather was born in and met his, at that time, had two sisters still alive. So I got to meet them and, and their offspring. So it really gave me a sense and I'm looking around and it wasn't, this was in the early seventies when I went. So they didn't have any of the luxuries or any of the things that we all take for granted here. And I just started thinking, wow, what, what he accomplished, what he left and took the risk to uh, make a better life for all of us, it just seemed a shame not to get involved and keep the tradition going. So that was a turning point for me anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, you, you have two brothers, as you mentioned, um, George, who's the winemaker, and Gary, who was involved for a while on the more the business side. Um, so that's third generation. So what about a fourth generation? 
Uh, we've, I've got my daughter working right now. My brother's daughter handles all our social media, Christ, you know, Christina. So she's doing a great job in, in that arena because that's all new territory for us old timers, but it's effective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, one thing I wanted to say, um, so what was it like growing up, your, your family's in the wine business, um, did they put you to work? What, what, what did you, what, what, if anything, were you doing when you were growing up in the winery? Well, I think work just comes with the uh, territory, especially when you're raised on a farm. Mm -hmm. So as kids, we were in the winery helping her out in the vineyard. If there was nothing to do, my dad would have us go out and pick up rocks. So <laughs> <laughs> just go collect rocks out of the vineyard. Yeah, just pick up the boulders, get them, you know, collect them. So, mm -hmm. so that, you know, that was, uh, we were always involved in helping out my dad and my grandfather. Or mm -hmm. so my dad, because my, my grandfather is pretty much retired. Mm -hmm. But my younger brother, Gary, I, unfortunately passed away about two and a half years ago. So we really are oh, still, I'm sorry. Uh, still suffering from that. But mm -hmm. he was a great contributor to, uh, Keeping the tradition of the family going. All right. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Big yeah. loss. I'm sorry too. Yes. Yeah. Your younger brother is seven years younger than me. Mm. That's not supposed to happen. Right. No. Well, life's not fair sometimes. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Just got to keep the faith, and that helps. Yeah. Sure. And, sure. and obviously, family is so important to you guys. Um, you know, I want to talk about the kind of wines, the varietals you guys make. Uh, there's some really fun ones here. You sent us some wine. We received, am I going to say this? I hope I say this correctly. A Sagrantino. Sagrantino. Yes. That's Sagrantino. an Italian variety. Comes from yes. central Italy. Oh, love that. Uh, Appetit Syrah and a mm -hmm. Grinolino Rosé. That's it. I got the Rosé <laughs> part, but the first part I was going to trip me up. So thank you, Mary. I'm going to go ahead and pour some of this Rosé and maybe you mm -hmm. can tell us a little bit about it. Well, the Rosé is a, made from the Grinolino grape, 100% from the Grinolino grape. And that's a grape that originates from the part of the Italy that we're from. And it's actually the first royal that we ever made, my dad made a rosé out of it. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, it was granulina rosé. And at that time, he made it with a little sweetness. But we've, you know, my brother George, we've toned it down. So it's a dry rosé that goes well by itself or with foods or in yeah. the hot tub or, <laughs> or at the picnic table. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wine for all occasions. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, and it has a very unique color. It's got a little floral aspect mm -hmm. to it. It's mm -hmm. crisp and yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, very popular. It's very limited. We only I, make two, three hundred cases of it a year. I, so. I know. I, I, um, it's always been one of my favorite of the wines you all make, and I'm, I was, I've always been bummed when it's like, oh, it's gone. Like, oh, I didn't get enough. Darn. We have to wait a whole year. <laughs> Yeah, and we also make it into a red. So yes, yes. The red granulina, which is obviously a little heavier, but it's still on the light side for a red. Mm, it's really nice. And it's got a little bit of a tropical note that I like, and it's got good acid. It's great. I'm glad you're enjoying it for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's not widely grown in California. So it's, no, it's... one of one of our flagships. That's why I uh, 
sent it off to you that as well as a petite Syrah. The yeah. Sagratino, we actually planted it's on site, so it's a state bottled. Okay. George planted some of that uh, about seven or eight years ago, so it's fairly new to us. Well, so That's for folks we... who don't know Sagratino, tell us about the wine. That wine is uh, <clears throat> has some nice tannins to it. It's uh, fairly medium body, but it's got a little plum, a little blackberry, a little cherry, and uh, goes well with pasta. Mm. Uh, try to expose people to try different types of wines, different varietals to uh, just expand their uh, palate. And uh, well, I think this, you know, the Grinolino, the Sagratino. And even the Petit Syrah, and then you do Zinfandel, Cabernet Sauvignon, um, Sparkling. I think this, yeah, yeah, I think this, Gene, to me, this speaks to the versatility of what you can grow in the Santa Clara Valley. You're not really, like, you're not known for just one main variety. I think um, there's diversity and maybe, you know, something for everybody um, to oh, yeah. enjoy. Definitely. Well, we're blessed with, the, like I say, the soil and the weather necessary in the uh, Valley of Heart's Delight. But some of these varieties we actually uh, procure from out of the Santa Clara Valley just because of the availability of certain varieties that aren't planted here. Mm-hmm. So we have a wide variety. I mean, it's kind of like one-stop shopping. We bottle wines under three different labels. The Emile's, I told you, was my grandfather's original one, and that's when we primarily did blended wines, bug wines, which was uh, <clears throat> when people had wine, consumer, you know, those consumers were drinking wine, you know, for lunch and dinner and maybe breakfast. So <laughs> made in a real clean, natural style. Yeah, we maintained and uh, just real food friendly and mm. very reasonably priced. So we still maintain that Emile's label. We use it for our champagnes and we do a blended red and a white that uh, so very inexpensive for the quality of the wine that they are. So I love that. It's that's a nice offering, and that's a. I, I always appreciate people looking out for other people's wallets. So good for you. Well, uh, you know, I always say good wine doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah, I agree. You know, that's, I agree. That's, yeah. Uh, what sip, you, got. Sip, you can't judge a, You can't judge a wine by the price. Mm-hmm. Sip sip hooray to that. That's one of <laughs> that's yeah. one message we always want to get across to our listeners, even my friends and family. When I'm talking about wine, you know, you don't have to spend a lot to get something really good it's just you know you want um integrity in the winemaking mm-hmm. and um authenticity and you know well the other thing we strive for is consistency yes yeah it, it's you got to be able to depend on a winery to give you a good bottle every time we're not trying to sell you one bottle and yeah. then the next one you buy is going to be different no it's right right Okay, well, speaking of that, you guys are on your, what is it, 98th year? Uh, since uh, the at my age, I can't keep track. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, it's, but, yeah. I think it's, you're almost 100, the winery is almost yep. 100 years old. I'm yep. curious how things have changed and what kind of challenges you guys, the current generation of Guillermo's face, and maybe your, your or challenges and or successes. Well, we've 
been through so many phases, ups and downs in the wine industry. So we not only has has the industry changed, the consumers changed, you know, and and so we've had to adapt and uh, make the wines that the consumer wants, not just the ones that uh, we want to make. So, but they're all good wines. So there are many challenges. You've got a different generation of consumers. So it's education. It's just talking about the benefits and the and the, the positive thing that wine can contribute to society and uh, in a responsible way. And uh, challenges, I mean, a winemaker has got to be a farmer first. So you've got your, you know, climate issues. Uh, uh, you, you've got to worry about getting that crop in and, and picking it at the right time. And so that's one issue that everyone is facing. And uh, the consumer is, is uh, like I say, has changed over the, the uh, years and we cha have changed with them. We per were primarily uh, making uh, good everyday table wines. And then my brother coming into the industry, we could see that you know the future was in varietals. So that's where we switched over to uh, varietals. Our Petit Syrah was one of the first ones that we bottled as a varietal. That was in 1969, mm -hmm. our state Petit Syrah. So that kind of got us into that direction. And then the early 70s, when, you know, late 60s, when Americans and especially Californians were discovering wine, they didn't uh, start out with red wine. So here we were a winery producing uh, 95% red wine, and the demand was for white wine. Mm -hmm. So my father had the foresight and uh, we shifted gears, put in a lot of new uh, stainless steel tanks so that we could accommodate white wine as well as the red and to meet what the, the customer wanted. So we make now we're making more white wines, but we still sell more red. With a name like Guillermo, you can understand that. But. Of course. <laughs> so, you know, adapting to what the consumer wants and styles and uh, upgrading our equipment over the, over the generations. We've always reinvested in ourselves and uh, tried to make the best wine possible and with new technologies. So I always say that we're kind of a blend of, you know, George, our winemaker, Grew up on the rancher like my brothers and I did, and we learned the old, the old style, you know, Italian common sense way to do stuff. And with with George going on to college, and we we feel it's a nice blend of new technology and the old common sense way. So it's a nice blend. So we're kind of like Italian California winemakers. Love it. So, but we never forget our our roots. We never forget, you know. Uh, the customer is the most important thing that we have. We look at our customers as friends, not just customers, because George and I and my brother Gary, we used to go on home deliveries. My father and people would order wine. They'd either call or write, write us a letter. This is kind of when the jug wines, our minimum order was five cases of gallons. So that's 20 gallons of wine that we were delivering and we would bring it right to their home. Hmm. So 
pick up the empties. We were recycling before it was fashionable. <laughs> give them their full ones. And uh, you got to meet them. You, they were, you know, they were friends. So we've kept that feeling alive. And I think it's very important. So when people come here, they get that sense that they're not just visiting a winery. They're visiting a family coming to their house. One thing about the home deliveries, I remember talking to you and your brothers about this um, on the occasion of your 90th anniversary back in 2013 and um, or 2015, I'm sorry, 2015. And um, one of the stories was that when you did the home deliveries, if people were not home, they would leave the door open, you'd just go in, put, you know, you'd put the wine in their storage facility, take the empties, they and there would be a check waiting for you or some, even cash waiting for you on the kitchen table and you just take that and you know everything was um there was a lot of trust back in those days that that's just how things were done which amazing yeah, the, world, the world's changed a little bit has <laughs> right yeah right. some would leave a key tell us where the key is and we open the garage or open where we had to put the wine in get the empties so that is so fun. I love that. And I just love your roots in um, Morgan Hill. Tell me, Gene, why you care so much about this community and what that what the community of Morgan Hill has meant to you over the years. Well, Bob kind of gave you a little summary of the beauty that's around us. And uh, from an agricultural standpoint, you know, it's a great place. But, you know, what's really special is the people of Morgan Hill. That's the connection we have because we were born and raised here. We still have you know, friends that we went to school with, and mm -hmm. families that have been here for a long time. So that's just another special aspect of Morgan Hill. Morgan Hill is a special place and Santa Clara Valley is as well. So. So I believe there's about 30 wineries now in Santa Clara Valley. Well, in the actual Appalachian, there's much more than that. Oh, okay. You know, our wineries of Santa Clara Valley Association has about little over 30 members mm. but there's more wineries in the actual appellation oh that's cool than the 30 so awesome and i know some have um there's some others that have history um not well you've got uh yeah many that are i think kerrigan's 100 yes from the original owners so the, the mirasu family got Mir their start Mirasu. yep yep there's like I say, a lot of bottles came out of Santa Clara Valley. Yeah, so. absolutely. So you all do have in a couple of years a um, hundred a centennial coming up. Um, have you all started to think about how you're going to celebrate? Well, we've been thinking. We're not. I can't uh, spill the beans on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll try and do something special, mm -hmm. and who knows? It might be more than just one event. So well, I hope so. <laughs> a series of events. And yeah. I think, I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure out how to make it till that time. Oh, <laughs> you just keep dancing like you were yeah. this weekend. I think you're <laughs> just fine. Dancing and drinking good wine. Yeah, wow. drinking, drinking good wine. So absolutely. You. Yeah. Um, so you, you also sent a bottle of your Petite Syrah. Can you tell us about that? Well, that's always been one of our, we, we've continuously win awards on that. We just got to go at the uh, examiner competition. So oh, great. But that's one of the uh, 
in the old days, I mean, they used to they used to just blend the petite Syrah with the Carignan and Zinfandel and just make a quality blend. So George going pulling it separate. Uh, this this wine is a real full chewy type of wine. It's got mm -hmm. some pepperiness to it, a little bit of a little bit of oak, and uh, just a good full bodied red that goes goes well with. Uh, steak something a little heavier on the food side but yeah this is a really it's nice a dark rich color and it um yeah i think it, it would stand up well to um a, a, a good meal right a good it's a food wine that you know it's lovely on its own but pair this with food and it's magic oh yeah good barbecue steak or something yes mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. but i always tell people don't wear a white shirt when you drink it because it's pretty. I almost did a spit take. <laughs> that made me and laugh, Gene. I was taking a sip of it and you made me laugh. Dead spill. Are you wearing not... white? No. <laughs> Pink. <laughs> but I yeah, mean, I just, I did. Almost a spit take. It didn't happen. And yeah, so we've, yeah, we've used the petite straw. We, we probably are going to do some special bottlings for our centennial celebration but obviously petite sorrel will be in that blend and we used to do a claret which we haven't done in a while but we'll probably bring that one back which mm. was zinfandel and petite sorrel because zinfandel grows real well in this region it's one of my favorites it's got that real berry component and full body and uh does real well as a, on its own or blended so we'll come up with some special stuff for them. Well, you have to keep us posted. We shall. We so shall. for people who aren't familiar with the area, um, Morgan Hill is located south of San Jose, north of Monterey. And when people come to visit you, Jean, tell us again about the experience. Are they in a tasting room? Are they sitting outside? What is the tasting experience there? Well, it's changed a little bit with COVID, but, uh, you know, we're getting back to normal. We have a, a an, an event center that we've put in, which where the auction will be held, but that's one of the phases of our business morphing into uh, an experience location. So you can come and, and uh, come to an event, or you can come to our Piazza de Madalena after my mother. It's, we've got a fountain and a big courtyard where we set up tables so you can sit outside, weather uh, permitting, with umbrellas. So people love just sitting out there. We sell little uh, food items in, in the taste room that you can grab and sit up there and have your own little picnic. And you can look out over the vineyard, just enjoy the, uh, the whole atmosphere. And then our taste room is... Uh, located in the original barn that my grant that was here when my grandfather bought it so we have a tasting bar in there and uh, some full selection of wines under the three labels that we bottle I mentioned the meals our mid-range label is called tray that name came about from the three of us uh, that's three in oh, Italian yeah. <laughs> so that's tray is three in Italian so we that really represents just good sound varietal wines at a very reasonable price. You know, in the $17 range, $16 range for Cab, Chard, Merlot. Mm -hmm. And then we also do a White Zen in that label. And then the Guillermo name is what we use for our private reserve label. 
and uh, those primarily represent uh, our Santa Clara Valley Appalachian wines, our estate bottle wines, and then some of the other varieties that we buy out of out of the area. So those are kind of our proudest. We're proudest of. We're proud of all our wines, but that represents our best efforts. Well, I always so, feel like visiting Guglielmo is like you're stepping into old world Italy because um, you know you you enter through the courtyard, which is just a beautiful stone courtyard with that stone fountain, and you just really feel like you've um, left California and you've gone into a, a part of Italy, and it's just so beautiful and relaxing. Well, I'd love to hear that because that's what we try to project because that's who we are. Mm. So a lot of people, when they, because I usually go around and chat with them and uh, they say they feel so comfortable and they feel uh, the European experience or more so Italian. But mm -hmm. we love to hear that because that's, I think the best, one of the best byproducts of being in the wine business is being able to visit with your customers and and sharing what we take pride in producing. Yeah, making it a personal experience. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy to say you're a family winery, but we're more than a family winery. We actually run it, actually mm -hmm. do it. So mm -hmm. yeah. that's, that's important. But then we also have a gift shop. I wanted to, I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. Yeah, because behind the, uh, the tasting area, we have a gift shop that was an old storage barn that was added on but uh so we've got a collection our kim kim marie our uh gift expert she buys some fantastic uh items that uh, kind of unique items and uh, does a great job so you can go back in the back and buy some either some customized clothing clothing with uh, Guillermo on it if you know how to pronounce Guillermo will uh, <laughs> help and then some very nice uh, you know gift items as well and then we have what we call our heritage room which you guys will be in for the VIP experience and that's you're surrounded by old photos and some current photos of the family and uh, has a nice feel to it yeah, I love the black and white photos. It's it's really fun to see those. Um, but y'all, I'm telling you, this gift shop is not just a gift shop. I mean, it's amazing. It's probably the best winery gift shop ever. I mean, because you really do. I've I've bought so many cool things from there, and um, so you yeah, you definitely have to check it out. Well, that's well, high I praise because Mary Orland knows her way around <laughs> shopping. So. <laughs> So is my wife. Kidding. <laughs> yeah, my wife does too. She's our best customer back there. <laughs> well, Gene, this has been such a pleasure talking to you. I cannot wait till March 25th when we get to be with you in person. Mm -hmm. And we want to encourage all of our listeners yeah. to seek out tickets to the Santa yeah. Clara Valley Wine Auction. Meet Gene, meet Mary Orlin, and me, Mary Babbitt. And we're going to have a great great night and we hope you join us for it gene your family story is just so dear and uh the integrity the humility and um the joy that you guys bring to what you're doing is just really lovely well we hope it shows but we're also showcasing all the wineries of the region so yes yes and that's important why we encourage Again. people to, to understand that yeah. we have a wine country this is 
the Goyama wine country, Santa Clara Valley. Right. So, and, and each each winery has its own personality, its own story. You have mm -hmm. old ones, new ones. Yeah. But they're mostly, you know, operated by family. So yes. You get to meet them and get to, you know, get to know them and their wine. So mm -hmm. we get a tremendous amount of awards coming out of this region. So it uh, kind of showcase that we're doing a good job yeah. down here yeah. just uh, come down and discover it please do i you will be um i think very impressed and also i think the wines coming out of the region too are a very good value for the quality i'll drink to that <laughs> <laughs> well jingle yamo thank you again cheers to you and sip sip hooray well yes. thank you for making me part of this we're, so I'm, we're... I'm calling you guys the M&Ms. You don't mind. That, <laughs> no, that's a first. That is a first. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. All right. So, well, from the M&Ms and Jean Guillermo, <laughs> everybody, sip, sip, hooray. Come see us in March, March 25th in Santa Clara Valley at Guillermo. And uh, we can all toast together. Indeed. All right. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Well, Mary Orlin, what a fun conversation with a truly good guy. You can just hear it in him. Everything about Gene Guglielmo says authentic, uh, kind, and down to earth. And I love that. You know, it's his, it's his livelihood. It's in his blood. Mm -hmm. um, and you can really sense that, which is fantastic. So for y'all listening, you can come meet Gene too. Come meet him and come meet us. Mm -hmm. March 25th for the Santa Clara Valley Wine Auction. Um, it's being put on by the Wines of Santa Clara and the Morgan Hill Community Fund. You can come support the region. You can come support the um, good work that the foundation is doing. And um, you can really experience this gracious old world hospitality um, that the Guglielmo family is famous for. And you can try many of the wonderful wines of the region. If you don't know the wines, you're missing out. And this is a great opportunity for you to learn about them. Absolutely. We're excited to be involved with it. And I love the fact that all of the proceeds are going back to nonprofits to support people who, who need the help and more in the community of Morgan Hill and beyond. So uh, if you can do your part, join us down there. You'll get to meet Jean, as we said, and other great wine producers, and it'll be a ton of fun. And we would love to have a face-to-face -face hello with you as well. We are Sip Sip Hooray, the podcast. You can find us on social media at on Instagram and Facebook, as well as Twitter. We're Sip Sip Hooray Podcast One on Twitter. And our, our website is sipsiphoorayspodcast.com. And if you've enjoyed this, we encourage you to listen to some of our other episodes. They're all on our website. Um, and we also encourage you to rate us, to leave a review uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast. It just helps spread the word about what we're doing and we'd really appreciate that but we just really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us we hope that you um, continue to listen to us and again thank you so much all right mary orlin until next time cheers to you and sip sip hooray sip sip hooray <laughs>